you may freely share this message with others as long as you don't charge for it. Support for these broadcasts comes from your generous donations that allow us to give away our materials for free. To participate with us, please visit our website at themissionchurch.net. God bless. Welcome back to the Mission Church for the second half of our message in Genesis, God Creates Man. Pastor David Menard continues in Genesis 1, verses 26 through 31, as we look at the importance of being created male and female in God's image. We encourage you to listen to the first half of this message if you haven't already. Enjoy your time in God's Word as we look at the sixth and seventh day of creation. Um, now, let us make man in our image. The Jews will teach that God was speaking to the angels and that we are made in the image of the angels. But the Bible says nothing of the matter. Repeatedly, the scriptures would teach, not that we're made in the image of angels, but repeatedly the scripture will teach this, that you are made in the image of God. Furthermore, it teaches something incredibly shocking Brace your seatbelt. It says that you will judge angels. Wow. Don't, that don't seem right. Judge angels? Why? How could that possibly be? Well, let me tell you why. It has nothing to do with your worth. It has everything to do with God's worth. You see, God became a man in order to redeem you. He went to a cross in order to pay for your sin. And he resurrected to prove he has power over death. And whoever will believe in him, he will give them new life, born again. And you will become the bride of Christ. And Ephesians tells us that this Jesus is head. He has the authority over all angels, principalities, and powers. And you as his bride, you as his co-heir, because he has authority over angels, you yourself will rule and reign with Christ and have authority even over the angelic realm. Oh my goodness, how rich the inheritance of the children of God. Now that leads us to another point to discover and to ponder. God places such value on man that many believe it was the impetus, it was the driving force of Lucifer's rebellion. Lucifer was an incredibly beautiful creation. Ezekiel says, you were the sum of beauty, the seal of perfection, he, the name Lucifer means illuminated one. Illuminated, illuminated by what? Illuminated by the glory and presence of God. The Bible says that Lucifer was the anointed cherub that covers. That covers what? Well, we learn that uh, God 
told Moses, Moses, I want you to make a tabernacle. Uh, I want you to make it according to pattern. According to pattern, what do you mean? Yeah, according to pattern of the throne room in heaven, I want you to make the tabernacle a pattern over that. And it was just a little tabernacle that they took through the desert to worship God, right? Uh, inside that tabernacle was something called the holy place. The holy place was where the lampstand was, the presence of God. It was uh, where the priest, only the priest could go in. And uh, there in the holy place, there was a giant veil, or a really thick veil. And it separated the holy place from the most holy place. And in the most holy place was the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant had some particular things inside of it that for time's sake we don't have time to go into. I wish we did, but we don't. Uh, but the Ark of the Covenant had these things in it, and it was symbolic of the place where God's presence would dwell with Israel. Made according to pattern of the Ark of the Covenant in heaven where God's presence really dwells, where uh, uh, you know God's glory dwells, uh, here, uh, this one on earth made according to that. So this Ark of the Covenant where no man could go into, it had a lid on top of it called, of all things, a mercy seat, what God chose to call it. God sits on a throne of mercy. A mercy seat. The mercy seat was solid gold. Divine, right? A picture, a picture of divinity. Solid gold. On top of the mercy seat was something interesting. Uh, you Bible scholars, do you remember what, what, what it is? What was on top of the mercy seat? Two cherubim. Cherubim, plural. Just like Eloi, God, Elohim, plural. Cherub, singular, cherubim, plural. You're learning Hebrew. Uh, uh, plural. Uh, two cherub on top of this mercy seat. The Bible speaks of Lucifer as being the anointed cherub that covers the throne of God. Not the little pattern that was on earth, the real one in the heavens. And God, uh, some believe that Lucifer saw the incredible value that God placed on man and knew that God gave man dominion over all of his creation and that that man would judge angels and Lucifer said, I don't want this dude judging me. Are you kidding me? And he was lifted up with pride. He was lifted up with jealous pride with selfish, high-minded pride, and he said, according to Ezekiel, verbatim, I will be like the Most High God. I will be the one who sits on the congregation in the north, that sits on, just dominant, rules over the people in the earth. I'm not going to have man ruling over me. I'll rule over them. And he deceived a third of the angels with his brilliance and with his beauty and with his splendor that was given to him by God. Now, if this were true, it would bring a lot of uh, uh, harmony 
to verse 31, that God saw everything that he created and it was very good because Lucifer hadn't fallen yet. If Satan was in the Garden of Eden tempting Adam and Eve at this time, would God say it is very good? I don't know. This is speculation the Bible doesn't tell us. We don't know for sure when Satan fell. But we do know whatever it was that incited the selfish pride causing his fall, we know that God has given man tremendous worth. You are made in the image of God. Imago Dei. And it has ramifications that go so far beyond our our, our best understanding. Uh, the next thing that I want to draw our attention to is that how we were created in the image of God. Look at verse 27 one more time. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, bara. Male and female, he created them. I want you to know that male and female are created in the image of God. It wasn't man created in the image of God and then woman created in the image of man. No, 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 bogus teaching. Male and female both created in the image of God. But may I say something? Not equally. Not equally. Equal in worth, equal in value, equal in importance, equal in person, but very different in gifting, in role. And God said, let us make man in our image, male and female, and male and female coming together as one flesh bear the image of God far more accurately than male and female separately. In other words, when Lisa and I come together as one flesh, we bear the image of God far better than we do by ourselves. Why? Because God has given me some of his image in that I am very firm. I make a statement and I want it done. I am a leader. I want things done a certain way. That bears and reveals the image of God. My wife, on the other hand, is very nurturing, very compassionate, very tender, very soft. And that too, bara, comes out of the image of God into us not created from the dirt, directly from God, and she bears the image of God. And now when her and I come together, we bear the image of God far more completely than we do individually. And that is why the two become one flesh. Male and female uh, bearing the image of God. The beauty of God's design, just amazing. The role of male and female were defined by God at creation. And I want you to know something. Satan is a deceiver and a destroyer. Those are the two uh, adjectives that that describe Satan in the Bible. A deceiver and a destroyer. 
Deceiver, let's think about that word for a moment. What does it mean to be deceived? Being deceived means that you believe something that isn't true. Can you be deceived and know that you're deceived? No. The moment that you know you're deceived, you're no longer deceived, right? So Satan is a deceiver. You don't know what's happening to you. He's also a destroyer. And I want you to know he is working hard to deceive and to destroy God's design for male, male and female. He is deceiving and destroying male masculinity. And he is deceiving and destroying a woman's femininity. They are incredibly valuable. Each of them bears the image of God. And they are meant to work together in harmony. And it's an amazing design. Fifty years ago, it was the battle of the sexes. Remember Billie Jean King and Bobby Riggs? Uh, the battle of the sexes. Today, it is the confusion of the sexes. The LGBTQ community are pushing schools in the United States to, choose, to, to teach our children that they can choose their gender. And we have to stop this. It is nonsense. They are telling young elementary school age children that you can choose your gender. What a scam, what a deception, what a way to ruin a young life for a long period of time. And it's absolutely crazy. What's even more astonishing is many in the medical profession are going along with this insanity. They are now giving children puberty blockers. Let's stop your puberty so you can decide what sex you want to be. I can't even believe that I have to teach on this at this depth. God created male and female. But because of the world we live in, I do. They are telling our kids, we'll give you a puberty blocker and it will stop puberty until you are ready to decide which sex you want to be. Crazy. Then, when you decide, we'll give you hormones and sex change operations to actually make you that different sex. Uh, look how the UC, uh, I, I saw this just uh, as I was studying, UC Davis Medical Center. This is directly from their website. Look at how they define gender or sex. A medically constructed categorization based on the appearance of the genitalia at birth. That is their definition of, of sex or gender. It is a flat out lie. Look at this. Medically constructed. Words matter. Okay. Words matter. Let's define those words. Medically, uh, the definition of that is the practice of medicine. Constructed means to build or to establish or to put something together. They are saying that uh, the practice of medicine built or constructed sex. That's a lie. 
Nothing could be further from the truth. Long before we ever practiced medicine, sex was in, was in place. Long before that, right? This website goes on to list, there are now 76 different genders, and they define them all. And uh, craziness, right? Craziness. 76 different genders you can choose to be. The medical industry is embracing this insanity. And schools have lost their minds. And colleges have lost their minds. Have you seen what's been going on this week at the University of Pennsylvania? Well, there's a person by the name of Leah Thomas. Uh, Leah was born Will Thomas. And uh, swimming in the pool was just a little too hard on the boy's side. So he decided to jump over to the girl's pool. And the University of Pennsylvania recently came out supporting transgender swimmers in order to comply with the NCAA uh, standards who adopted new standards for transgender swimmers. And so the University of uh, Pennsylvania embraces them and now Will Thomas becomes Leah Thomas, and he's got a girl's bathing suit on there. But even though he's got a girl's bathing suit on there, I can tell you this, that looks like a dude. <laughs> now suddenly we have a big problem. Even the University of Pennsylvania has a big problem. Here's what they write. They say it's okay for him to participate in that, you know, transgender, you know, all that. Now a few months later... They're lamenting their decision. Leah Thomas, this is a quote right out of, I think this was New York Times or, or Wall Street Journal. I can't remember which one I pulled it from, uh, but a direct quote. I'm reading it. Now, a few months later, the University of Pennsylvania is lamenting their decision. Leah Thomas, formerly Will Thomas, is crushing all the women. And they quote the school, quote, we fully support Leah Thomas in her decision to affirm her gender identity and to transition from a man to a woman. Leah has every right to live her life authentically. Authentically? <laughs> what a word choice. Authentically? This is anything but authentic. However, we also recognize that when it comes to sports competition, that the biology of sex is a separate issue from someone's gen gender identity. Biology, Leah holds, by biology, excuse me, Leah holds an unfair advantage over the competition in the women's category, as evidenced by her rankings that have bounced from number 462 rank as a male to number one rank as a female. <laughs> now we have a problem. Gee, you think? And this is what happens when you don't stand for truth on a smaller side. It gets more and more complicated. Uh, we are losing our minds. Uh, here is a uh, picture of the California.gov website for elementary school children uh, about changing their gender. Look at it right here. If you don't believe me, I put the website on the bottom. Get your phone. Take a picture of it. Here's the website. California Courts. www.courts.ca.gov 
How to change a child's gender. Seven steps. We have lost our minds. Let me just remind you of some basic truth, church. Gender is real. The evidence that gender is real is empirical. Gender is not abstract. Gender is not theoretical. Gender is real. You all have 46 chromosomes. A pair of 23 chromosomes interwoven together. Every chromosome, if you're a male, has an XY chromosome. If you're a female, every chromosome has an XX chromosome. Every single chromosome has a sexual identity in that chromosome. Now listen to me. Every single cell in your body has those XY or XX chromosomes. Every single cell in your body is either male or female. And your gender is not determined by your genitalia. Your gender is determined by your creator who made you male or female. There are not 76 genders. Amen. Furthermore, the physiological differences between male, between man and woman are well known. Men typically have way more muscle mass than a woman, way more bone mass than a woman, a lower percentage of body fat than a woman. Men have larger lungs than a woman, a wider airway than a woman, and greater lung capacity than a woman. In our cardiovascular system, they are radically different. Men have a significantly greater left ventricular mass and chamber size than a woman. That means a man's heart can pump a bunch more blood than a woman. And I want you to know, all these things that I just said are facts, and they affect a lot of our activities. They affect the things that we can do, the things that we can lift. Men are 65% stronger in upper body strength than a woman. Men are 30% stronger in lower body strength than a woman. That's just a fact. I don't care how you feel. I don't care if you feel like a unicorn, a puppy, or a boy or a girl. Those are just facts. And I also want you to know, these are not socio-cultural differences. They are biological. And they are brilliantly designed. Men are builders. Women are nurturers. That's just how God made us. You give a little girl a toy. Behavioral scientists have done this for eons. It is still the same. Little girls prefer toys with facial expressions on them. They are relational. They like dolls. They like things that express emotion. Those are the toys they gravitate to. Boys gravitate towards things that are, they can build and construct. They like blocks. They like Legos. That doesn't mean, you know, we're just talking typically, right? Uh, this is just the way it is. It's a brilliant design. 
God created male and female as complementary complementary expressions of his image. And it's a brilliant design. Uh, when we get into chapter two in two weeks, next week we're going to take a little break and do something different for Super Bowl. Uh, but in, when we get into chapter two, we're going to talk about complementary relationships in marriage and the beauty of that design. And it's a fascinating study. You're really going to enjoy it. Um, but uh, this is God's design. God created male and female. Bara, out of nothing, he created these differences and it's not changing. And church, it's time that we stand for the truth and we quit embracing the insanity. Uh, let, me, uh, let me try to wrap us up. I don't want to end on that. Uh, God blessed man and woman and he gave them dominion over all the earth. Amazing, right? Uh, God gave them dominion. He said, listen, I made the whole earth. It's yours. Rule over it. I want you to have dominion. And let me get real practical now uh, about your life. God wants you to have dominion in your life. God wants you to have dominion. That's how, how he made you. God created us to be a master of our own domain, ruling and thriving over all the territory that God has given us. Listen, husband and wives, eyes up here. God wants you to have dominion over your marriage. God wants you to have dominion over your children. God wants you to have dominion over your career, over your job. God wants you to have dominion over that dog in your house. God wants you to have dominion over all that he is, your finances, all that he has entrusted with you. And I want you to know this. Life is rich and meaningful when we live victoriously in the dominion God gave us. Notice what he says. Have dominion. Subdue the earth. Subdue? What is the definition of subdue? What does that mean? Subdue the earth? You know what subdue means? It means to set it in the right order. Have dominion. Subdue it. Set it in the right order. Bring it under control. We are to maintain dominion by properly governing the resources that God has given us. This dominion gives us the ability to do great things. God gave Adam and Eve the dominion to keep the donkey from trampling over the flowers. Adam and Eve have a garden. The donkey starts to trample it. Adam and Eve can say, no, no, no. I've got authority over you, donkey. I don't want you on my flowers. Right? And that is the dominion God has given us. Uh, when we have dominion, all is well in our lives. Uh, what do we do when we don't have dominion? When we try to stop the donkey, but the donkey continues to trample on the flowers, what do we do? Well, there's this really cool thing. The Bible says that Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day. And in that relationship with their creator, they come to the creator of the donkey and they come to the creator of the flowers and they say, hey, God, I got a problem. The donkey is trampling on the flowers and the God who made the donkey will say, here's some wisdom on how to lead the donkey so he doesn't trample your flowers. And I'm talking about proverbial donkeys and proverbial flowers if you're slow. <laughs> 
Are you with me? So our relationship with God, God imparts wisdom into our life so that we can have dominion over the earth. What God doesn't do is say, I'll stop the donkey from doing that. He says, no, 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 you stop the donkey from doing that and I'll give you the wisdom to make that happen. Which leads us to this point. Obedience to God's word is what gives us dominion in life. I have to know God's word and I have to obey God's word. If I disobey God's word, I will not have dominion. I will lose dominion rapidly. If I obey God's word, I will have dominion and my territory will grow. My garden will get bigger. My capacity will increase and God will give me more. And it is satisfying and rewarding and it brings joy into our life. And I want you to know as a believer, one of the best things you can do is discover that God's laws are not task that you just have to follow but that they are wonderful instructions to give you an abundant life it is jesus who said take on my ways and learn of me my yoke is easy my burden is light and when you learn my ways you'll find rest for your souls because you'll learn how to steer stubborn donkeys and you'll have great flowers you'll find rest for your souls take on my ways and learn of me I'll leave you with this as we, get, as we depart. Um, it is possible to squander the dominion that God intended us to have. Dominion is not automatic. It comes from walking and obeying with, you know, walking with God and obeying his word. But it's possible to squander. It's possible to have a marriage that God gave with so much potential to bring so much joy into your life and to squander that and not have dominion over that marriage. And instead of being fruitful and abundant in that marriage, you've got just weeds and ragged things happening. It's possible to have that in your job, to have your job have dominion over you. It's possible even with your little, little yappy dog to have that dog have dominion over you. Well, you can't come in the house without that dog going, yap, 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 yap. Because you're not walking with wisdom and now that dog, you have no dominion. It's possible to squander the dominion God gives us. I want you to know that if we ignore God's word, we will lose our dominion. We will lose it. Ignoring God's word causes us to lose our dominion. God told the prophet Hosea, my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. In other words, they're losing all their dominion. Everything they have is destroyed. Their marriages are destroyed. Their finances are destroyed. Their morale is destroyed. Their, their, their lives are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. What kind of knowledge? They don't know trigonometry? No, no, no. They don't know my word. And therefore, their lives are destroyed. Um, and nothing reveals this more than how God finishes the six days of creation. We are to come to God and we're to receive all of the instruction. When we do, we can have dominion. When we have dominion, our soul is full. We're walking in joy. And we get that dominion. We have that dominion 
by spending time with God. And God finishes the six days of creation by doing something very interesting. He calls for a seventh day, and he calls it a day of what? Rest. A day of rest. What the heck? The Bible says, we just read in the last verse of chapter 1, he sanctified the seventh day. He set it apart as incredibly important. And it's a day of rest. Now I want to ask you something. That's the seventh day. What day was man made on? The sixth day. Therefore, man's first day was a day of rest. Adam, Eve, here's your world. Have dominion over it. Okay, I'm going to go do, I'm going to go do. No, 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 no. Sit with me. Sit with me. Just come and spend time with me. Come and rest with me. Come and enjoy my presence. Come and take on my ways of learn and learn of me. And here's what will happen. I will take care of all of your dominion. I will bless you. I will multiply you. I will give you more land. I will increase you. I will take care of it all. Spend time with me. Dads, the most important thing you can do is to make sure your family is taking a Sabbath where the phones are put away, the TV's put away, and you spend time just enjoying the love of God and all that God has blessed you with, and you keep the focus on the truth and the greatness of God. Um, this is our God. This is his creation. We are his people. You are made in his image. Uh, incredible blessing. Shall we stand? You may freely share this message with others as long as you don't charge for it. Support for these broadcasts comes from your generous donations that allow us to give away our materials for free. To participate with us, please visit our website at themissionchurch.net. God bless.